So this episode, Shelley, is kind of all about me. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think of that? I think it's weird. (laughs) Do you? (laughs) It's usually all about me. (laughs) Pretty much. I'll give you an episode. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Wow, that is so giving. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, I'm a giver. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I can can see that. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, shall we get to it? Let's do it. All right, be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, a podcast about an ex-evangelical girl trying to figure out her shit. Oh, and she's also gay. Mary just (laughs) took over. By the way, I'm Shelly. I'm Mary. You know, we said ex-evangelical last week, too. It must be evangelical time. It must be evangelical time. Because we read a letter someone wrote in who was raised evangelical. Mm -hmm. So we must be just going through a few evangelical Well, evangelicalism is also no joke. Oh, yeah. You want to avoid that shit for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So partly why we decided to do this episode dedicated to moi Mm -hmm. is uh, because I was interviewed by Heather Vickery on her podcast called The Brave Files. If Mm -hmm. you haven't checked it out, I invite you to do so. Uh, We've had Heather as a guest before. We'll probably have her on again. Not to talk about me, but um, I was also uh, interviewed on Heather's show, The Brave Files. Yep, she interviewed you first, before me. Yep, So you win there. Yep, winning! (laughs) (laughs) My episode has just come out, episode 101. It's like Mary 101. Brave Files. Yeah, we're going to do a Mary 101 today. That's good. (laughs) Good job. I like that. Write that down. Before we get into all that, though, I would like to give a special shout out to our Singapore listeners. Oh, (laughs) hell yeah, Singapore. We have been number one on Singapore's sexuality chart from Apple for a while now. We're crushing in Singapore. Those Singapore peeps love <laughs> us. It makes me wonder how many people are actually listening in Singapore. It might Singapore. be like two or three, but still, we're number one. Yeah, and you know, I was just kind of looking up some images of Singapore, mm-hmm. and there are tapers there, which is a very ex-Mormon Mormon thing. Horses? Mormon thing. Yeah, Mormon horses? Yeah. Mormon horses. <laughs> <laughs> so we might need to go to Singapore sometime and yeah. check out those tapers. I want to go ride a taper. <laughs> is that a thing? No. Do people ride tapers? Of course not. <laughs> Only in Book of Mormon land. Okay. That mm-hmm. is hilarious. Only when you make it all up and lie about there being horses. And then, you know, 100 years later, they realize that there were no horses there. So they have to say, oh, they were probably tapers. Yeah, for sure. Dumbasses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you are in Singapore and giving us a listen, thank you thank so you. much. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. do. Okay. Also, before we get into the main meat, as you like to say, of the episode, we have a foom pod. We have a he said what, and Mm -hmm. these are both dedicated to evangelical nonsense. Yeah. Uh, When do you want to tell the short story about our cruise? Oh, maybe we should do that first. Do that first? Yeah. So we just went on a cruise. We Um, did. It was a Royal Caribbean cruise, but the crowd that we were with was an ex-Mormon group, about 40 people or so. Yep. They do this annually. Mm -hmm. This is the fifth year. This was our first year going, and it was phenomenal. By the way, if you get to year five, and uh, we might need to work toward this goal, you Uh get a special robe that says five years on it. (laughs) (laughs) So anyone interested in joining all of us on future cruises, shoot us an email. What's our email, Mary? That is contact at latterdaylesbian.org. Mm-hmm. In the subject, just say, I want to go on the cruise, and yeah. we'll send you some information. Mm-hmm. It was a fun So much time. fun. Shelly got to be a karaoke judge. I did. So there was a karaoke competition. I was totally dissed. Oh, God. You should have made it through. Seriously. <laughs> they were just looking for more of the Wayne I Newton types. I crushed it. I crushed karaoke. Did. I 
sang Careless Whisper. Yes, you did. Uh, and it was you brilliant. were hilarious. Thank you. <laughs> the brilliance was not my voice. It was my work in the crowd. You did. You worked the crowd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You told everybody you were a lesbian I and sure that did. you were not wearing a bra I for some reason. I told Middle America <laughs> that I was a brawless lesbian. Uh, they loved it, apparently, because then they invited me to be a guest judge in mm-hmm. the finale. Yep. There's a lot of people there. That would have been fun to perform in because it was live band mm-hmm, karaoke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is fun. If you've never been backed by a live band, it's really fun. Yeah, good times, I yeah. guess. I don't know. I didn't sing. I was just judging. Mm-hmm. One thing I made sure to do, though, is um, I did not critique any contestants on their singing abilities. I was more— That was smart. Yeah. <laughs> I was more about, like, what they were wearing or how they were or were not dancing or, you know, I love— See an old white guy sing um, reggae songs, which is what I told the one old white guy that was singing a reggae song. Uh, it was a lot of fun, though. Mm-hmm. You could have been like Simon Cowell. It was utter shit. No, but I did tell one woman to warn her husband that I was going to steal his wife. Okay. (laughs) Be careful, husbands. Uh Shelly is on the move. Yeah. So one of our stops on the cruise was in Cozumel, which was a fun little Mexican town. Mm -hmm. That's Mexico, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, anyway, we were trying to get back to the cruise ship, and as we were walking, we somehow got suckered into a tequila store. Well, we were planning on bringing, like, a bottle of tequila a, back. one. When yeah. in Mexico, get a Mexican tequila. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the sales person there, he's probably like this, you know, 25-year-old guy, maybe 30. I don't know. Anyway, he invites us in. He's good oh, at he's what good. he does. Well, A, he was already drunk. Here's to you, Paco. Here's to you, Paco with a K. Paco with a K. Yeah, very specific. You. Very specific. So Paco with a K pulls us in willingly because, you know, we didn't say no. We're like, yeah, show us some tequila. Mm-hmm. He asked if we wanted to taste some. We said, sure. Then we spent the next hour <laughs> just tasting all taking of tequila, tequila shots, <laughs> every flavor imaginable. And we kept looking at each other like, is this, is this for real? And every time we thought Paco was done giving us tasters, he would uh-huh. go in the back and pull out more kinds. And then he would start mixing flavors uh-huh. and then then lining them up and doing shots. He was doing shots with us too. I don't know how he was still mm-hmm. standing. Mm-hmm. Um, by the end of the hour, hour and a half, we had somehow managed to purchase $500 worth of tequila. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't realize it until after the it fact. It was like six bottles or something. Probably more than oh, that. Oh, it was more than that. Well, there were some smaller bottles too. They weren't all like regular. No, no, here, you guys want to know the flavors that we got? I took a picture. How did we end Co- up with these I, flavors? I had no idea. <laughs> I think he snuck a couple in. Sure he did. <laughs> all right. We have coconut tequila, peanut butter tequila. <laughs> right. Chocolate tequila, mm-hmm. uh, Hellfire, which I don't remember yeah, saying what that we is wanted. That? What is I that? I guess one? it's like Fireball, but I don't even. Oh, cinnamon. Yeah, cinnamon. it's like Fireball, but tequila. Yeah, I don't remember saying yes. Is to anyone that one. throwing up yet? Because this is starting to gross me out. Here's more mango tequila. Is that got spice in it as well? No, no, no. no. Okay. One that has the spice is the spicy tamarind, and I'm all, I'm about that. Yeah, that <laughs> okay. sounds that's great. Then coffee flavor. Oh, I forgot that one. Then rompope, which what's that? It took us about. 30 minutes of translation to finally realize that it was eggnog. That's the eggnog. <laughs> That's rom, so rom gross. Pope. This is disgusting. Why would anyone want eggnog it's, it's tequila? Seasonal. Oh. Uh, and so we were getting all those, not really understanding what we were doing. And then Mary's like, oh, I also want just a plain flavor. So I make the mistake of asking Paco with a K, what's your favorite plain tequila? Yeah. And so he probably brought the two hundred dollar bottle. Yeah, down probably or did. And I'm like, yeah, great, we'll get mm-hmm. that. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one born every minute, mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. So Paco um, crushed it. Mm-hmm. Did a great, good job, Paco. You got us. <laughs> and now we have more 
tequila that we'll ever, that we'll drink. ever need. <laughs> and we are now $500 in debt. Um, this would be a good time to announce Patreon. <laughs> I'm kidding. That was our yeah. own fault. We'll just be paying that off in slow chunks and drinking it as Maybe we Maybe we do need so. to have a tequila party for our patrons in Ooh. the area. If right. you are a listener or a patron in the D.C. area, you let us know if you want to get in on a disgusting tequila tasting They party. are not disgusting. They were <laughs> yummy. There's peanut butter. Weird. <laughs> the eggnog is the one that's really kind of making me throw up a little in my mouth. Uh, well, we did throw Ew. up a little bit that night because we had way, way too much. It was a rough night. It was a rough night. Rough night on the seas. Rough night on the seas that night. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. But we did a fun uh, snorkeling excursion with the entire Exmo group. So fun. I really enjoyed those people. Oh, we did a sacrament meeting with, with tequila, tequila shots in sacrament cups. Uh-huh. It's so did. sacrilegious. I love it. I love it. That was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a great, great trip. And we're going to do it again in 2021. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you do not necessarily have to be ex-Mormon. I'm not. That's yeah. true. There were a couple that were not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you enjoy ex-Mormons as much as we do mm-hmm. and cruises. Ex-Mos are the best mos. That's right. Being irreverent and just having a good time making new friends. Shoot us an email and we will get the information to you. Sounds good. Okay. Oh, also, before we get into the rest of the episode, we last week were struggling with the name of a crotch wig. Do you remember this? <laughs> yes. We couldn't remember it. I was no. like, what is that, a cod piece? No, that's not right. No. And uh, now, with the help of Fanny Fact Check, we're going to clear all of that up. Fanny, she just comes through. You <laughs> she know? really does. She really does. Thank you. So let's turn the time over to Brother Ben, mm-hmm. who will then turn the time over to Fanny, Sister Fanny Fact Check. Beautiful. Here we go. And now we turn the time over to Sister Fanny Factcheck. Thank you, Brother Ben, for all you do with your priesthood over there, because we couldn't possibly do it over here without priesthood, because we're women. This week, you sweet sisters asked me to talk about body hair wigs, particularly for the crotchal region. These are called merkins, not as in American, like a citizen of the United States, but as in working out with your working out, or twerking around with your working around, or don't be shirking about your working, or don't go jerking off with your working off. The merkin has a long, filthy history that goes back to the 15th or 16th century when prostitutes didn't want to get crabs. I'm not talking about getting crabs like if you go to Maryland and you're a tourist and you want to go to the restaurant and... No, I mean body lice. So these ladies would shave the short curlies off their lady bits and then make themselves little wigs out of animal hair for God knows what reason. And they would wear them and they would get crabs in their merkins, is my guess. You also asked about the little silver triangles that some brethren in the West clip onto the tips of their shirt collars to look fancy. Those are called collar tips, and they're not very interesting at all, unless you consider that they were worn by my bishop, Crazy Ed, who was sealed to four sisters via serial monogamy, and once bore his testimony that he had personally saved the USA from the Ebola virus by raising his arm to the square and casting it out. But I don't think his collar tips helped. And that's probably as meaningful as anything else about this. 
and I leave this with you in the name of all of the Merkins with none of the Smirkins. Amen. Wow. Once again, Mm -hmm. I'm enlightened by the facts that Fanny keeps checking. (laughs) She can check the facts. She sure can. Mm -hmm. Love us some Fanny. Yeah, and Merkin is just a fun word to say. I want to try to say that in a sentence at least twice a day from now on. Okay. So uh, so it doesn't leave my vocabulary. Mm -hmm. You could say, I can see your Merkin hanging out from your bikini bottom. (laughs) (laughs) No? Merkin America great again. That was fucking awesome. Thank you. I want that shirt. (laughs) Merc in America great again. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. So good. Is it M-E-R-K-I-N, I I believe. Merc in America (laughs) great again. Oh, and it could be a little crotch wig in the shape of Trump hair. Yes. <laughs> has no one done this? This has got to be done already. I, no, Someone I haven't has seen done it. this. No, we are about to do this. <laughs> We're going to look this up and see if this exists. That was fucking <laughs> hilarious. Okay, nice. <laughs> Shall we jump into, do you want to do a foom pod or a he said what? You pick, baby. All right, let's do a foom pod. Ooh, wait, so this is a reversal. I'm foom potting you. Shit. Yeah, although it's not a foom pod, it's a free pod. <laughs> what is what? What's a free pod? It's a fucked up evangelical phrase of the day. Oh, uh-huh. pod. <laughs> Cue music. It's the fucked up evangelical phrase of the day. Okay, today's fucked up evangelical phrase of the day is put to death. Put to death. Put to death. Mm hmm. Okay, so I'm trying to put this into like a churchy way. Put to death. Yeah. Is it when you get rid of your natural self and become godlike? You put to death your natural self. Is that it? That's it, oh. Shelly. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Someone tried to get me. Well, you know what? And they couldn't. <laughs> we need Bryce Blank and Angle to get you. I know. Here's the thing evangelical terms or Christian y terms. I mean, you could probably pretty much figure yeah, them out. Yeah, what's the Mormon one? It's um, the natural man is an enemy to God. Yeah. Put off the natural man. I mean, yeah. let's face it. Mormonism is an offshoot of mainstream Christianity. True. So nothing original there. But yeah, you are right. It is to overcome the temptations to sin that arise when our lusts and desires draw us to react in ways we know to be evil. For instance, pride, hatred, envy, gossip, etc., It is the act of denying those thoughts and refusing to agree with them. Mm -hmm. The lust to sin is not only suppressed, but it actually dies, according to verses in Romans and Colossians. How about that? I always thought it was Colosseans. Hmm. (laughs) Did you really? I think so. I don't know if I've ever actually said it out loud. Okay. Well, there you go. Hmm. That's the Foom Pod. Good job. Thank you. I knew it was some fucked up weird way to treat yourself. I was looking up expressions and... Really, they're they're easy to figure out for the most part, especially if you have any sort of Christian upbringing. Well, here's the problem: is the evangelicals didn't make up a whole new book of scripture, right? And so that's like Mormons did. So there's a lot to pull from there, like you know the Liahona. Well, for instance, yeah, there's a lot of made up bullshit. Oh, for sure. That's why Fumpat is so fantastic because you almost never run out of weird Mormon never, expressions. Ever. Never so, ever. We tried, but we couldn't stump her. Kids. Nice try. If anybody can think of a goofy Christian expression that Shelly might not know, hmm. you let me know, hmm. and I'll try to stump her again. All right. Okay. Let's keep going. We're going to do a he said what. Ooh, I like that. 
You want to do it on three or one? I don't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's do it on one. Okay. Three, two, one, and then we'll do it. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one. He said what? I like that because um, we might be hearing some music calls <laughs> from you a little later on in the show. That is a definite possibility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But right now, we are going to give Pat Robertson oh, dear. the credit for this. He said what? This is from 1992, but I feel like it's still relevant today with all the ERA stuff that's topical. All right, Pat, give it to us. So in 1992... Pat Robertson described the feminist agenda, in quotes, as a socialist, anti-family political movement that encouraged women to leave their husbands, kill their children, practice witchcraft. I mean, who needs practice? No, I'm good at it at this point. (laughs) Destroy capitalism (laughs) and, my favorite part, become lesbians. (laughs) (laughs) Truth. There was a very similar thing going on in the Mormon church with them saying that we were out to destroy the family. Yeah. This statement was included in a fundraising letter sent out under Robertson's name to supporters of the Christian Coalition in 1992, seeking to rally opposition to a proposed Iowa State Equal Rights Amendment. Uh, But Mr. Robertson's letter distributed to supporters of the evangelical organization Christian Coalition described the proposal as part of a feminist agenda that is not about equal rights for women. They're saying it's not about that. Instead, the letter said it is about a socialist, anti-family political movement that encourages women to leave their husbands, blah, 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 witchcraft, blah, 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 and my favorite lesbians. So there you go. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and agree with the lesbian thing. Um, (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Kill their children. And kill our children. Yeah. No, that's... And to me, this is a scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. It acts like all the great things we have, all the benefits, all the rights are a big pie. Mm -hmm. And then when you dedicate a slice of the pie to these people over here, this means these people over here get less. But that's and just I, not true. I just don't look at the world that yeah. way. I don't think if you give some people rights, then other rights get taken away. No, not I, just, at all. I just don't look at it that way. But that is definitely what is taught by the particularly uber right wing Christian middle Americans. Oh, for sure. Wait, middle Merkins? Middle Merkins. <laughs> nice callback to that. Thank you. So in 1988, did you know that Pat Robertson ran for president? Jesus. <laughs> oh, well, Jesus supposedly told him to run. And to lose. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Didn't tell him to win. Gotcha. However, that's my favorite thing to say Jesus about Jesus loves to set people up for failure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pat, I want you to run for president. I want you to get a bunch of people to send you money to run for president, and then I want you to not be president. Yeah, I want you to lose. There's a lesson wah, here somewhere. Wah. Sure. Okay. Shall we take a little break and then come back and talk about my weird childhood? Yes, I want to hear all about you, Miss Mary. All right, let's do it. Be right back. We are supported by new dating app. Hey, listeners, raise your hand if you think dating after Mormonism is difficult. Probably 95% of our listeners are raising their hands right now. (laughs) You know, it's hard meeting someone and having to explain your whole wacky Mormon upbringing. Oh, we went through this. And since your faith transition, you've probably been kicked out of the singles ward. So now what? Oh, that is challenging. Mm -hmm. Check out New. It's an ex-Mormon dating app available for download on both Android and iPhone. Are you ready to find post-Mormon love with someone who understands your story? I know I am. (laughs) Oh, wait, wait. Too late. 
<laughs> Visit newdating.app and learn more. That's newdating.app. We are back. So I thought this was sort of topical to talk about me. <laughs> Every time we say topical, I think of like cortisone cream. Oh, should we apply some later? Do you have sure. any uh, chafing no, areas? I do have um, a, a still healing sunburn. Mm-hmm. You do. I don't know if cortisone I is do the too. best for that. I don't put cortisone on it. Anyway. Yeah, we Aloe. were not smart during our snorkeling excursion. We missed our backs. Mm-hmm. Probably rubbed it off. Or we didn't reapply in time. Anyway. Anywho. Back to you. Back to me. <laughs> so Brave Files with Heather Vickery. So I was interviewed on Brave Files, and my episode is 101. It just came out. Mary 101. Yeah, I don't know actually the name of the episode, but look up 101 and you will find my episode. So she wanted to point out that I was brave. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I never felt brave. I guess. I think a lot of people who are being brave don't feel brave in that moment. Of course. But you know, I've always thought of bravery as a choice. Mm -hmm. So for instance, if you're an EMT worker, first responder type, you don't have to go into a burning building. I guess it's your job, so you're supposed to. Right. But that's an act of bravery. If you choose to take that on and go into that burning building, then you are acting bravely. No one would argue that, right? But if some horrible situation is thrust upon you and you have no choice but to make a decision, is that bravery? I think it is. I guess I didn't think about it that way at the time. Uh, well, no, me neither. But I think a lot of us as ex-Mormon, ex-evangelical, ex-something, we didn't choose that life. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, but we chose to survive that life. Yeah. And we did the things that helped us to get out of that life. And I think that's brave. You don't think about it at the time. You think of it as survival. Yeah. But it's brave to survive something like that. I agree with you. And I think that all the decisions we make after crisis situations mm-hmm. are acts of bravery, potentially. Yeah, for sure. sure. And that's an interesting thing about Heather's podcast is sometimes she has guests on that maybe don't fit the mold of, I'm doing a brave act on purpose, you know? Yeah. And, and you look back on your life and it's like, wow, maybe I was more courageous than I thought about. Mm-hmm. And I guess that applies to me because there was a big incident in my childhood that forever changed my life and influenced who I became as an adult. Uh, Heather's episode on Brave Files goes into a lot of detail. She asked me a lot of questions about it. But basically, when I was 12 years old, I was coming home from school. It was October 4th of 1978. And I came home alone. No one was in the house except my father had retired. So he was there, but he had died that day. And I discovered his dead body. By myself. I was all alone. You were how old? Twelve. Wow. So that happened. Mm -hmm. I don't talk about it a lot. It's not that I have any trouble sharing it or talking about it. Um, I don't know. Maybe I just feel like it was so long ago and it's such a downer. Mm -hmm. It's such a downer. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's it's real tragic. I look back and I think about my 12-year-old self. And it's like, I, I grieve for her still. Yeah. Who would want their 12-year-old little boy or girl to go through that? Who would want that for their kid? Yeah. I had to decide what to do. I saw him lying on the floor. If anyone has not seen a dead body hours old, it's not like it is in TV and films. Mm. Doesn't look like that. It's a horror scene is what it looks like. The body is stiff um, in the extremities. The blood pools like in clots or something, and Mm -hmm. the skin looks purple and blotchy. What did you do? 
I um, had to figure out what to do. I felt like my heart was pounding in my chest. That's all I could hear was my heart beating. And my mother wasn't home from work yet. So um, after what seemed like hours standing there in shock, it probably was not even a minute. Maybe it was over a minute. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I called the school where my mother worked. They couldn't get a hold of her. Um, I was in a panic and crying on the phone. And they were trying to come for me on the phone, but I was so distraught, I mean, as you can imagine. And then I went across the street to the neighbor's house, and they went over. And um, I guess they called the police. I guess that's what you do, right? Even 911. When, yeah, I mean, you call emergency services, and they probably send an ambulance. Mm-hmm. It was so long ago. Yeah. But I think the police generally come anytime you find a body. Yeah, they have to. Yeah. So by then, my mother and my sister had gotten home from school, and— I ran and told them, and it was like we were all in a daze after that. We Mm -hmm. were just—it just changed all of our lives, you know? And my mother—this is one thing, for all the crazy crap she's told me over the years, she has a lot of guilt over not—she didn't feel like she was there for the kids because she was dealing with her own grief. I mean, we all were just trying to figure out how to deal with grief in our own ways. Yeah, I didn't necessarily expect her to comfort me when she was— distraught. Yeah, she lost her husband. She lost her partner. She lost... Yeah. And to try to look outside of that and be there for other people, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she was. I mean, she was there for me in in small ways. We were there for each other. We we supported each other. We're all going through it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'd never seen her fall apart to this degree. Our world ended that day. Yeah. You know? He was basically my best friend. He was retired We played cards, and he taught me how to play chess. All the dorky things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All the dorky (laughs) things. He taught me how to play this really interesting card game called Russian Bank. If anyone's ever played it, it's very Mm. (laughs) old-fashioned. They were playing it in the 70s. Oh, geez. It's a long time ago. But it's a very complicated game, and I I rocked that game. Mm. Yeah, I was really good at it. But we had smart smart pants. He was an engineer. He was super smart, super creative, charming, interesting guy. I miss him every day. I bet. Yeah. So that happened, and I don't talk about it a lot, but I am certainly willing to talk about it. It's not that I'm trying to hide anything about my past Mm -hmm. or anything, but Heather asked me some questions about that. So I I recommend the interview if if you're interested in learning more about it. What's crazy about that is... I kind of have some guilt over some stuff with my father. So he never went to church with us. Mm -hmm. And he was basically either atheist or agnostic. I don't really know which one. If he just didn't believe any of it or thought it was all crap or he just didn't know, I I don't know. My guess is he was just a really logical engineering type that didn't put any stock in spirituality. Mm -hmm. Yet here the rest of us were all born again and speaking in tongues and all that stuff. I don't think he knew to the extent that we were all in, Mm -hmm. in the church. I don't think he wanted to know. But here's what I feel guilty about. We would pray. My mother and I would pray for him to be saved as part of like a nightly prayer thing Mm -hmm. every single night. She would tuck me in and we would pray for him. I mean, starting at like probably I was like six years old or something. Praying for my father's soul with my mother every evening with the bedroom door open. I'm sure he walked by on his way to bed. I'm sure he knew what we were up to. And I feel terrible about that. Did you, as a child, did that make you afraid for your dad? 
Of course it did. And it made me look down on him, Mm. that he was refusing the good news of Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know? I judged him for not being a Christian, for not accepting Jesus into his heart, right? yeah. Why would you pray for someone to be saved if you thought they were perfectly fine the way they are? Right, right. You want them to change. I wanted him to be a different person, to be accepted Mm -hmm. into this bullshit that I had accepted. So he probably felt like an outsider. Well, yes, of course he did. Mm -hmm. Of course he did. He told my mother one time he was jealous of Jesus. I don't blame him. But yeah, I always felt a little guilt over— Wanting my father to be a different person, basically disapproving of him. Yeah. Yeah. When he died, you were still in this evangelical oh, yeah. movement. Were you worried for his soul after he died? Like, oh my gosh, we've been praying. He right. never accepted. Now he's dead. Shit. Um, the brain is a funny thing, mm-hmm. and it can convince you of a lot of stuff. So I'm glad that you brought that up. For some reason, my mother felt like she had three signs, not just one, not two, but three different signs that he went to heaven, that he was Mm. saved. Supposedly, the day he died, he was doing a crossword puzzle in the newspaper. She said on the opposite side of that page, he used to fold it over to do the crossword puzzle. Mm -hmm. And on the opposite side was some sort of article about Jesus or Christianity in the paper? Hmm. That seems a little strange. Mm -hmm. But she says he clearly read it. He clearly, last-minute decision— Decided to accept Jesus <laughs> as Lord and Savior. Decided to accept Jesus mm-hmm. as his Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. That was sign number one. Okay, one down. The second sign was a few days later, we were at my grandmother's house, and my mother was going through some papers, or maybe I was. I was, like, looking through this drawer, and I came across some menu from years and years ago. My mother was preparing, like, a Thanksgiving dinner or something, mm-hmm. and she was sharing the menu— with my father. Was there any jello? <laughs> probably not. Okay. It would have been called aspic. I mean, this was probably in the 60s. Aspic? <laughs> uh-huh. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Fanny, fact check. <laughs> Tell us what aspic is. Fanny, help. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he had written on the bottom of this menu, Richard Rutt approved. Like, he approved it. hmm Right? So, my mother took that as the second sign that he was approved into heaven. I mean, if that's not a stretch. That's a stretch. He was, a he was only talking about the aspect, and suddenly <laughs> he's in heaven. Okay. Right? Gotcha. Yeah. Number three? Number three was some friend of my mother's was trying to call another friend to let her know that my father had died. Okay. And she kept dialing the number wrong, but it was making a tune on her push-button phone. It was like a tune. Because remember, it was like back then, you could kind of hear tones. I guess maybe you still can. I don't know. But she said the tone it was making was Amazing Grace (laughs) on her push-button phone. Now I want to see if we can replicate (laughs) that. that. Yeah. What number do you have to dial to hear Amazing Grace on your phone? (laughs) Do do the numbers have different tones now? I have to try this. I don't know. Hang on. I got my phone. Let me see if they make different tones. I don't think they do anymore. I don't think they do either. Let me see. Sort of. It's called a 580 number. <laughs> it doesn't sound like Amazing Grace. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you make that happen. You know, whatever your brain needs to tell mm-hmm. tell itself to stop the grief. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hate that for her and for your family in general that you all all thought that he was, like, fucked. Like, he's going to hell. Right. You know? What a right. horrible thing to think. And then have to do these gymnastics like, well, maybe he's not because this thing happened, mm-hmm. this thing happened. Where 
it like takes the place of your actual grieving and appreciation for him and you know when you're just so worried that he's going to hell fucking religions i know fucking religions i know Exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he put up with all of it. I think I've mentioned the, on another episode when he suspected my mother of having the affair with a pastor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing we did is my sisters and I can all sing. So we grew up singing three-part harmony Jesus songs oh, in church. Hell yeah, We would did. perform probably once a month in church singing. I'm hoping you have some samples for us. <laughs> I have an excerpt <laughs> of my sisters and I singing three-part harmony. I did this as early as, I don't know, six, seven years old. Jesus. I was learning to sing harmony. But I can't fucking win karaoke on a on a Royal you, Caribbean I'm sorry, cruise. but your singing that night was better than all other singing. Except I should have sang, uh, yeah, except for maybe yours. I should have sung Fucked Up Mormon Phrase of the Day. You should have. That would have been a shoe-in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you should have had hair like Wayne Newton, because that's what uh, went through. That was required. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to sing Girl from Ipanema, I'm pretty sure. Oh, God. Let's uh, throw to that excerpt of My Sisters and I Want To. Uh, yeah. Oh, also, before we do, uh, my mother made us matching outfits. Mm-hmm. And I will look in some old photos and see if I can put something on Patreon of my sisters and me in matching outfits. This is phenomenal. <laughs> I picture you with pictures that I've seen of you, and you're super, super skinny, and you mm-hmm. have knobby knees, mm-hmm. and your hair is kind of like there. My hair is there. It's just kind of doing little kid hair, you know? <laughs> sure, little kid hair. Yeah, Absolutely. You're, you're just skinny. And uh-huh. Anyway, and so that's what I picture when I, when well, I, I hear real it. real young. Yeah, yeah. So will we be able to hear which voice is yours? Because there's three of you singing, right? I think I'm the middle part in this one, in this excerpt. Okay. Here we go. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know he touched me and then He touched me and made me whole. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty sure Jesus touched me. Mm -hmm. Jesus, hands to yourself. (laughs) Jesus. Jesus. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my Did you like singing with your sisters or you just did? You know, so many things were thrust on me as the last born of three. I just accepted Jesus because everybody else was doing it. Yeah. Uh, Want to become saved? You mm-hmm. have to accept Jesus in your heart. Say the sinner's prayer or whatever the hell. I don't know. I just did it. Mm-hmm. I didn't think anything of it. Right. And I wanted to do stuff my sisters were doing because they were older than me yeah, and I admired them. So um, I guess at the time I wanted to sing these songs and my eldest sister played the guitar and arranged the songs in harmony and she was very talented. Mm. It was, I don't know, it was cool. That part was interesting. I don't care about the songs at all anymore. You don't want Jesus to touch you? (laughs) Make you whole? Depends on where, honestly. (laughs) I will slap Jesus' hand. Hands to yourself. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He loves that. (laughs) Yeah. It was kind of a fun experience, I guess, singing three-part harmony. But my Mm -hmm. father had a rule. No singing at the dinner table. (laughs) (laughs) That's what happens when you grow up with singing sisters. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) 
That'd make me crazy. Like, shut <laughs> up and pass the peas. Well, everything became like, oh, you're starting the song here. I'm going to jump up a third and join you and so on. And so everything became this like harmony challenge. I love harmony. Mm-hmm. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. You didn't make me, you didn't make me crazy. Uh-huh. <clears throat> uh-huh. We were all in theater, too, the three of us. <sighs> yeah. Okay. That's my trip down memory lane. Oh, it's a good time. Yeah. The good thing about my childhood is before 12, it was sort of idyllic in a way because we had a lot of freedom as mm-hmm. kids. We watched Stranger Things. One of the things I love about that show is those kids can be gone from breakfast to dinner and they're just riding their bikes all over the neighborhood. Yeah, that's how it was for me. Yeah. yeah. And I had that childhood too. Mm-hmm. I loved that part of it. Mm-hmm. I grew up right on Lake Ontario. So the lake was literally in the backyard mm-hmm. and there was a woods nearby. There was a harbor where I could ice skate in the winter and boats would come in in the summer. And it was just, it was beautiful. Yeah. It was uh, Western New York near Niagara Falls right on Lake Ontario. And it was a lovely, lovely place unless it's the middle of winter. It's real cold. It's real cold I bet. Yeah. Yeah. And we've actually, I've been to your place. We went on a vacay together and— It's um, now like an Airbnb type of thing. You can just stay there. Yes. We got to sleep in the same bedroom that you grew up in. Yep. We slept in my childhood bedroom. Mm-hmm. There that was, was no, trippy. We did not bang. Don't worry. <laughs> we, we did not desecrate the childhood bedroom. That had been weird. Um, <laughs> well, we were also there with my cousins, so that would also that would have been, been weird. A it's a weird. small house with thin walls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Naughty pine paneling. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. You can rent that place. It's kind of trippy. Yeah. Beautiful Re- town, though. Really beautiful. Right down this hill, there's entertainment there at this restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went there. Yeah, we could hear the bands playing on Friday, Saturday night. Might be distracting now, living there. If you could just hear bands Friday and Saturday night until like 1 or 2 a.m. Might Maybe. be annoying. I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, we were on vacation. We mm-hmm. had no place to be, so that True. was fun. Anywho, <laughs> uh, that's about it. Am that's all you got for me about you? You know what's interesting about... That whole experience with my father dying. My sister, my oldest sister said that I started sleeping towards the wall. Like I closed down for a little bit. I think that's true. Mm-hmm. Like I learned sarcasm as currency mm. after that. Mm-hmm. I was picked on a lot, oddly, for being skinny. Kids bully each other for every reason. Yeah. Any kind of reason that you don't fit in, you're, you're going to be bullied. Yeah. So mine was that I was too skinny and probably that I was a little too nerdy. I was like the smart kid that had talent. I could like sing and draw and stuff. I was good at art, you mm-hmm. know, and theater. Later in high school, I really got into the music and theater crowd. Mm. That was kind of my people. So that was all fine. Right. But yeah, I was, I was teased a lot at that time. So I learned to be really sarcastic. That was my form of humor. Mm-hmm. That was my form of... Uh, I guess, armor in a way. Mm-hmm. And I could really jab somebody with sarcasm. I had to unlearn that. It took a long time. Yeah. Because it's sort of mean-spirited, yeah. isn't it? Well, you can take it too far, you know? You for sure can take it too mm-hmm. far. Um, you just have to look back at the intentions. Mm-hmm. And if you're just teasing somebody, it's a little bit different. You can tell the difference. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I had to learn to not be an asshole. Still working on that? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. You're not an asshole. <laughs> Clearly, I'm you're still wonderful. working on it. But I think from that experience... I did learn how to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Like, I almost never hesitate, even though my astrological sign would tell me that I'm indecisive. You're very decisive. I'm a Gemini. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're supposed to be indecisive. Did you know that about Geminis? I don't know. Did I? 
You do, uh, everybody, that was me being indecisive yeah, about I that. Get it, okay, I get it. There we go. Uh, just by way of trivia, Shelley's and my birthdays are one day apart. Yeah. Two I'm, days apart. I'm June 14th. You're June 16th. Yep. Someday we'll get married on June 15th. Why not? Why we, not? We just celebrate for three days. Mm-hmm. We'll just stay drunk for three days, <laughs> oh, kind of like man. we did last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every year we have a three-day celebration. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Good times. But yeah, so now I'm, a, I'm an excellent decision maker. Maybe because I was faced with— You had to grow up. Like at age 12, you were no longer the baby. Mm-hmm. Your whole world changed. I might, and really, my heart breaks for your 12-year-old self Yeah, mine well. does too. Yeah. I know. It's rough. I wish I could undo it. Mm-hmm. Because I still can picture that entire scene mm-hmm. as if it happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. I know every single detail I've yeah, memorized. I'm it's sure. burned in my brain. Yeah. And that is unfortunate. Oddly, that is one of two— Dead bodies, I have discovered. Jesus, Mary. Yeah, I'll tell this other story. I was in, it was right after college. Uh I went to a college in Virginia, JMU. Go Dukes. Go Dukes. But ended up following a woman to where she was going to college right after that. I didn't have anywhere to go yet. I Uh wasn't into my career yet. I didn't know what I was doing. So I moved to Greenville, North Carolina, Uh uh, where my girlfriend at the time was attending uh, East Carolina University. Okay. And that's where she was going. So I moved there and I managed to finagle a spot in campus housing. Okay. There was a woman's house and a men's house right next door to one another and they had an RA. So I was a DJ at a local radio station. Yes, you were. And I had a 6 a.m. shift. Oof. I did the news. <laughs> <laughs> news voice. Yeah. At the end of every newscast, I'd say, Greenville and Washington have only one community information FM, and you've got us, WCZI, Classy (laughs) (laughs) 98.3. You're welcome. That is classy. I still have that memorized. Oh, my God. So good. Yeah, that was like from 89 or something. But anyway, so I was living in this house with some other ladies. I worked the morning shift, so I went to bed early. Well, they had had a party. So they drank some kamikazes mm-hmm. and ate some pasta. I don't really know the details. I wasn't there. But my roommate that I didn't know very well had had a gastrointestinal bypass, one of the first ones. Wow. Yeah, she was very, very large. In fact, when she was sleeping in her bed, I guess her mattress was so conformed to the shape of her body. It was a big dent in the middle, of like a big ditch, and she would sleep in there. Wow. And you couldn't even see her. She was so, like, sunken in this mattress that, yeah, she almost disappeared. And Plus, she had all these covers and pillows and clothes all over the bed. She didn't really put her clothes away, and they were just all over the bed. You could not tell. That she was in the bed. It just looked like a big pile. Wow. It was impossible to tell. Plus, we had this weird system that if one of us was still in the room, then we wouldn't lock it when we left. We would lock the house, but we wouldn't necessarily lock the room. I don't know why we did it that way. I went to work. She was still in bed, I assumed. I closed the door, did not lock it, Mm -hmm. went to work. I locked my keys in the car that day. Whoops. Yeah, locked my keys. And I did this before. This was before the dinging reminds you. This Mm -hmm. is an old car. It's Mm -hmm. like a Ford Fiesta, I want to say. Shitty car. Mm -hmm. I usually could just jimmy the lock with a coat hanger. Mm -hmm. But this one day, I couldn't. I tried and tried and tried, couldn't do it. I call the RA and arrange to get an extra key. I had an extra key in my room. Mm. So... When she went into the bedroom, she uh, got the key, came out, locked the door. Okay. Remember, when one of us was in the room, we never locked the door. Right. 
So when I came home from work, the door was locked. So you assumed she was not there, the I assumed my roommate, Angie, was not there. I was going to go away for the weekend. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend and I were going to go, I don't know, camping weekend or something. Mm-hmm. I was packing, getting ready. I'll never forget it. I sat down to clip my fingernails. I pulled a trash can, mm-hmm. set it between my knees, and was clipping my fingernails. And it happened to face her bed when, whomp, her arm flopped out of the bed. Oh. Her blotchy arm, that oh. same look of the blood pooling to the surface, God. her arm popped out of the bed. I shit you not. I knew she was dead. Didn't even have to go over to the body. I knew Jesus. she was dead. What did you do? I put down the trash can. <laughs> yeah, stop, stop the nail clipping. Yeah. I ran to the RA and I said, knock, 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 opens the door. It's Angie. I think she's dead. Jesus. Mm -hmm. The police came, questioned us all. Needless to say, I did not go away for the weekend. Yeah. Thank God. Can you imagine if I'd gone away for the weekend and come back on Monday or Sunday afternoon or something? Wow. Woo! What is with you and people dying? Should I be a little nervous? Yeah, I've discovered two so far. Wow. Mm -hmm. Don't say so far. (laughs) (laughs) God, Mary. Why is this falling upon me to do? It was easier the second time. Sure. Well, it wasn't your dad. It wasn't my dad, and I was a lot older. I was probably Mm -hmm. 22, 23 at this point. Um, I didn't know her even that well. Yeah. It was weird, though, because her parents called me. I had never talked to these people, Mm -hmm. and her parents called me to ask me about it. Is there anything Angie could have done or eaten that might have been harmful for her? And they'd had that party. I don't know. I'm sure there was a toxicology report would have said that there was alcohol in her system, sure. but yeah. I just didn't feel comfortable, I don't know, making assumptions about what she Yeah, had. like I'm not going to tell her parents how or why know. she died because I don't know. I wasn't that's there. anyway, yeah. Yeah. It was campus housing. There were underage people drinking. Mm. So I did not want to be the one to rat anybody out, sure. especially when I really didn't know what sure. she'd been doing because yep. I wasn't there. Awkward. All right. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mary. So, if you need someone <laughs> to discover your dead body, I am here for you. That's evidently one of my callings mm-hmm. in life mm-hmm. is to do that. I'm glad I've avoided that one. It's no fun. No. Mm-mm. And I believe it is true what they say that the body is just a vessel. Yeah. I mean, there is no life in a dead body. Once, mm-hmm. you know, your personality is gone, once your spirit or soul or whatever you want to call it is not there, it's just a bag of flesh and bones. Mm-hmm. So does that make you believe there is a God or there isn't a God? Ah, uh, Well, I don't know whether that makes me believe there is or isn't a God, but I do believe that there's somewhere that our souls go afterward. It seems like it. I don't know where. I don't know what we do. I don't know. Who knows? But I don't think that our consciousness ends. Yeah. By the way, hmm. uh, you and I were watching this thing. I want to say it was on the cruise ship. They're like, Cruise TV or whatever it was. And they <laughs> do not showed... admit that we watched Cruise TV. <laughs> Jesus. They showed this interesting graveyard off the coast of Miami. Remember this? Yeah. You can be cremated mm-hmm. and then a diver will take um, your remains in some sort of stone vessel. Mm-hmm. It could be like shaped like a starfish yeah, or whatever. Like mm-hmm. And add it to this underwater graveyard. Yeah, and what happens down. is it becomes sort of a reef. Coral grows on it, and and fish live there. I actually thought that was pretty cool. That's cool. You want me to make sure that's what happens with you? Sure. Okay. (laughs) Let's arrange that. (laughs) On it. Wow. I'll make some phone calls this afternoon. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Then I suppose just as a side note to sort of wrap this up, I mean, gosh, my life isn't all about finding dead bodies and, and feeling just depressed over That's losing loved good. ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Career-wise, uh, just real quick, I went to college for music. I was a vocal major. Didn't know what to do after that because I didn't want to teach. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't good enough to be a performer, so I didn't know what to do as a career after that. I ended up getting into radio. I was a DJ, and then I sold radio for a while. I was terrible at that. But then I learned to write radio commercials. Mm. I was actually good at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And parlayed that into a career in television production. So there you go. There it is. There you have it. I've been in television production She's a movie sense. star. <laughs> Not exactly. No. Behind the scenes. Behind yeah, the scenes. got you. Got you. I'm definitely a behind the camera kind of person. Mm-hmm. Until we do after show videos. And then you're in front of the camera. <laughs> uh, I guess so. Reluctantly. <laughs> so that's me. I'm sure there's more to come. I'm not dead yet. Not dead but yet. But I could discover my own body. You could, and you would know that you had died. <laughs> I would. No one like, would have huh, to tell guess me. guess I'm dead. Mm-hmm. I guess so. Wow, well, was that morbid? Yeah, that was quite the morbid episode. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. But, you know, sometimes. Maybe that's why I've put off saying probably, all this stuff. Probably. Because it's just not lighthearted. Yeah. There's nothing great about it. How about, about the it. next something about Mary where you can find some fun stuff? Oh, I could tell you my first real job in high school. What was your first real job in high school? Well, it was only during the Christmas season. I was um, in drama and... They wanted someone who was a member of the drama club, a thespian. Mm-hmm. You know, you start out as a thespian, thespian and that's a gateway yep. to lesbian, yep. I think. Yep. <laughs> so I was a thespian, okay. and my job was working at the mall during the Christmas season to try to get kids to go visit Santa Claus, sit on his lap, pay for a picture. Mm-hmm. So that was my job. I was a reindeer. <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> I was Jingles the Talking Reindeer. Oh, my God. In Pembroke Mall in Virginia Beach, Virginia, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I sat in a tree Yep, and worked this sort of voice-activated talking head. Is anamorphic the word I'm looking for? I was thinking more along the lines of creepy as fuck. <laughs> that too. <laughs> talking head. Yep. And so it was voice activated. So I would speak into a microphone and then the, the mouth would move. Oh, yeah. So... Creepy as fuck is, is definitely the correct term. Okay. So I would talk to kids. I'd be like, did you visit Santa Claus yet? And the kid would come up to an intercom and talk to Jingles. And then one time this group of dudes walked by and they're mm-hmm. like, does Jingles have a phone number? <laughs> oh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hit on the reindeer. That's yeah. great. Swell. And then I began a career in voice porn. Just kidding. I was like, wait, I didn't hear that story. No, but, you know, I could maybe be a sex caller. Nope. (laughs) Let's just stick with podcasting. Okay. Okay, all right. I'm going to use my talents for good and not... I mean, nothing against porn voicers. Not not if you're into it. Whatever you're into. Yep. You do you, kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, should we take one final break and get to some patrons? Yeah, I say let's do some patrons. We've got, um, magically, five. Five? So, yeah. That never happens. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll be right back. All right. We are supported by Apostate Coffee, a damn good cup of joe. I would like to bear my testimony that you will (laughs) love this blend with every fiber of your being. Uh, you mean... 
Bean? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the Les Bean medium dark variety roasted in small batches to ensure freshness, zero bitterness, and balanced acidity. With the sacred, not secret combo of caramel and cocoa, very fancy. Mm-hmm. This coffee will nourish and strengthen your body. So stop drinking subpar coffee. Give the Les Bean blend a try today at apostatecoffee.com. That's apostatecoffee.com. We are back with five, exactly, count them, patrons. One, two, three, four, yeah, five. Five. Yep. Check it out. Mm-hmm. All right, patron number one is Trey. Trey. T-R-E, Trey. And I would also like to announce that Trey has joined us on Latter-day Lesbian channels. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's having a good time. I actually woke up this morning, saw that she had joined Clicked on some of the videos, and then all of a sudden I see Kimberly Anderson responding to her videos, and they're both speaking in Korean. Yep, that happened. (laughs) That is true. I love our channel. Yeah, no, it's super fun. Yeah, it's super, super awesome. By the way, it's not yet open to Android users. It's um, right around the corner. So be patient. Be patient. We're having fun on there. So, Trey, thank you for joining, and thank you even more for being a patron. We appreciate it so much. Mm -hmm. Next is Jordan Jordan H. Jordan H needs a last name. Hogwarts. Uh-uh. Nope. Nope, because we're anti oh, that's right. Um, hula Hoops. Okay, I like it. Jordan Hula Hoops. Mm-hmm. Thank you for We appreciate joining it. Us. We yes. appreciate you so much. Mm-hmm. Next is Molly G. Molly and I'm not going to make the original G jokes. I've done it too many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Molly G. She needs a last name. Good googly moogly. <laughs> Okay, Molly, good googly moogly. Thank you. Thank you for your patronage. Uh Next one is Amara and then a hyphenated last name. Oh. And the initials for the hyphenation are G and then S. So try to make one up for that. Amara or Amara, Mm -hmm. G hyphen S. Good shit. That's okay. Good shit. Amara, good shit. Thank you for joining us. And lastly, and this one's hard to pronounce. Amy. <laughs> no last initial? No last initials, so she okay. needs one. Oh, no, she doesn't. Who else didn't get a last name on your list? Somebody else didn't get a last Trey? name. Trey? Yeah, Trey didn't get a last name. Trey got a shout out on channels. Okay. Sorry. Amy, we love you so much. Thank you so much for your patronage. Is that enough? No. <laughs> Amy needs a last name. Amy. We're so glad you joined us. No. Uh, Amy needs a last name. What's a famous Amy? Amy Schumer. Okay. Is that a real person? There, yeah. yeah that, is that a real person? It's a comedian. <laughs> we need another Amy Schumer in this world. Do. I don't think the world can handle That's another true. Amy Schumer, actually. Well, Amy, no last name. Thank you so much for your patronage. We really appreciate it. That's all five? That's five. All right, everybody. And we did also just film an after show today, so. Oh, my gosh. We have such your way. high hopes for after shows. Mm-hmm. And they have fallen by the wayside. We're trying, everybody. We are putting in our best effort. We did just release our rainbow, build, you build a, a rainbow. rainbow. That's been a couple of weeks ago. That is now. the worst slideshow ever. That is so stupid. <laughs> Why did Mormons waste their time on such dumb movies? Um, that's what Mormons do, <laughs> basically. In their are spare there time. more of these that I have to watch? Oh my God, there's so many dumb <laughs> Mormon so movies. Stupid. They're so bad. I'm gonna make you watch some chalk talks. Bring it. Okay. Bring it. Mm-hmm. All right, patrons, thank you all so much. We appreciate it. If you, meaning the rest of you, would like mm-hmm. to join us on Patreon, please visit patreon.com slash Latter Day Lesbian to sign up. Mm-hmm. Or as also, Shelly likes to say, Latter 
day Latter lesbian. Day lesbian. Latter day lesbian. Also, if you want to join our channel, which you should because we're having a lot of fun, mm-hmm. where do they mm-hmm. find that? The easiest thing to do is to go to latterdaylesbian.org slash polo. Polo. And sign up. Yes. Okay. I think that does it. Who did we cover it all? I think we did. All right. Good job, baby. Uh, I'd like to thank Dan from Extension Audio. Thank you, Dan, for leaving it in. Appreciate it. And for the rest of you, remember, steer clear of cults because they are no a joke. No a joke at all. Talk to you later. Bye bye. 